0: One of the absolute best days I've had in Austin since moving here was the first time I got to attend ACL. A friend actually here at the church contacted me and said uh, he had an extra ticket if I wanted to go. And so I said, yeah, absolutely, I would love to go. And he said, so you need to show up. Uh, at my house right after lunch. We're gonna go down on Friday afternoon. It's gonna be a gorgeous kind of Austin fall day. It's our great music festival uh, right in Zilker Park. And uh, we'll listen to some music. It'll be awesome. Uh, i got the logistics taken care of. And I said, perfect, great. So uh, show up and you know, it was a work thing. So I was wearing flip-flops and shorts and a baseball cap and show up there at his house. And he's going through how the whole thing works for ACL. And then he said, uh, so the, the crazy, one of the crazy parts about it is parking. <clears throat> and he said, so we don't have anyone to take us down. And so what we're gonna do is we're gonna drive mopeds down together. And I was like, what? And he looked at me, he goes, have you never driven a moped before? I'm like, dude, I didn't grow up in Italy. Like, no, I don't I, I I don't feel like that's an abnormal thing to say I've never driven a moped. You know, I think in Greece, that's a common expectation you can have. But but in Austin, we've not. So I was like, no, I haven't done it before. And he kind of looked at me, he's like, well, if you're not comfortable driving your own moped down there, I mean, I guess you could climb on the back of mine. And I was like... No, I'm not going to. No. I'm not, I'm not. No. If I had prepared, my maybe. But like kind of that on the back of a moped. No. So I was like, and so I looked at him. I'm like, listen, I think I can handle this. Like I played high school basketball. So. I have no idea what that had to do with it, but it's like, you know, it's an electric scooter. I'm sure I can figure this thing out. So he gives me, he pulls mine out, and he said, now, you know, here's how it works, and here's how it goes, and and everything else. And he said, "Uh, go practice on the street, and uh, and I'm gonna go get mine, and then we'll take off and get down there. Has anyone here ever actually driven a moped before? Okay. If you've not, and try it for the first time, it has a little more get up than you think. It's not an electric scooter. So I'm there in front of his house and I gun this thing sitting on it and I take off across the street, hit the curb on the other side, hop the curb and go into the front yard of his neighbor across the way and totally wipe out. I pick myself up. I have a flip-flop in the road. It looks like a crime scene. I had a flip-flop that I had left in the road. I have grass stains all at my shorts and uh, on my shirt. I'm like trying to pick up the bike to see if it's damaged. And also looking to see if their neighbor, who I have no idea who that is, is looking at me. And if they and all I could think of if they came outside, it's like, it's okay, I'm a pastor. <laughs> Which I don't know what that does either. But I like, haul this thing up and go back in the street. And I look, and my friend has come out with his moped, and he's like, Are you sure you don't want to climb on the back of mine? And I was like, dude, I got this thing, man. I, I said, let me just kind of go up the street. And so I, I, you know, now fear's doing it. So I start going and I'm going like one mile per hour up the street. And i like, put, 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 put. But, you know, and then I turn around and come back. I'm like, I got it. And he goes, that was better. We're going to have to go a little faster uh, to get down to, to Zilker, but it's only like four minutes. So just stick with me. We take off on the road. He said four minutes. It felt like an hour and 44 minutes that it took us to get down there. And if you, like, we're going like 45 miles an hour on this thing and as we're going 45 miles an hour riding this moped I'm seeing the headlines uh, of my own death uh, in the Statesman as I'm going down I am like full-out charismatic praying as I'm going I don't mean a decent in order little Presbyterian pastor's prayer was like, Lord, if it's your will, I'd like to be okay. I was out loud praying. It's like, Jesus, I pray for your blessing and your protection to be upon me in this moment. I don't know what sins I've committed, but I beg your forgiveness and just ask you to be with my loved ones as I go on this journey. And finally, we made it down there. Now, here's the cool part. He was actually Right. You can park a moped right at the entrance to ACL and just walk right in. It was just the most terrifying half hour of my life getting down there to do it. And I've been thinking about that story this week. I've been thinking about that story because where we are in our Foundations teaching series is we're walking through the Apostles' Creed, and today we're talking about what it means to say, I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit. And I think if you, if you stop and get you may never have ridden a moped to ACL with your life flashing before you eyes. But I guarantee you almost every one of us has taken the same um, approach to our faith life and to our life that I took on the moped that day. Which is this, I'm going along with my life. And Because I know because the Holy Spirit's real that God is alive in the world when I get into trouble or when I get scared I call on you to come in to help me out in my moment of need and when it ends I might say thank you if you gave me and answered my prayer the way I wanted to and then I go on living my life again until I'm in a panic and then I'll let you know when I'll call on you again There's a better way and a different way and a more powerful way of living when we say we believe in the Holy Spirit. Where we are in the Apostles' Creed is, is, is an interesting place. The Apostles' Creed is kind of divided into three parts. The first part is, we, we looked at, deals with the first person in the Trinity, God the Father, God the Creator. I believe in God the Father Almighty, Maker of Heaven and Earth. The next part of the Creed deals with the second part of the Trinity and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, who lived, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day we studied again, he rose again from the dead. John talked about last week, he ascended into heaven and sits at God's right hand. The last part of the Creed moves into a series of very quick, I believe statements. And it gets to the implications, the so what of this earliest Creed of the church. I believe in the holy ghost the holy catholic church the communion of saints the forgiveness of sins is this is this quick repetition of the so what and so we make this final final turn today by talking about what it means to say that we are people who believe in the holy ghost the holy spirit god's living presence in the world and what that means now the scripture that's going to uh, guide us is from john chapter 14 it's printed in your bulletin And I invite you to listen and to engage in God's word to us today from John 14. Jesus says to his his disciples, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever. This is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him because he abides with you and he will be in you. I have said these things to you while I am still with you, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and remind you of all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not let them be afraid. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. God. Let's pray together. Lord, we ask that you speak to us all this day. We pray for the power of your spirit to be alive as we worship now and transform us from the inside out, we pray in Christ's name. Amen. So again, if you think about it, in your own life, whether you've been on a moped or not, this way of kind of calling on God when we need Him and then moving on with our daily lives is kind of like treating God like our own personal butler, isn't it? Kind of like our own personal Jeeves. Right, we're kind of at the table. You think about a a butler. I've never been in a meal with a butler, but if you ever have been, or if you've seen in the movies, uh, the butler sort of sets off to the side in the room, and the dinner is taking place, and the dinner conversation is taking place. No one's interested in the butler's input. No one's interested in his opinion. No one's interested in him keeping the conversation going. The butler's just to stand to the side. But when there's a need at the table, the folks call the butler over. They tell the butler what they want to have done. The butler is supposed to provide whatever it is that needs to take place, and then when the butler's duty is done, the the, the folks at the table dismiss the butler to go stand quietly again in the side of the room and to just wait until they're summoned again. Is this the extent of what a life of faith is supposed to look like? And I want you to hear today that if that's how we approach our faith, it's not just that we're like breaking some rules. It's like, hey, you're supposed to be better than that. The rules say that it's supposed to be different. But rather what I want us to see that we are doing when we live that way is we take the enormity of what life and faith are supposed to be. The enormity of what it means to live with a God who is the Alpha and the Omega. the, The enormity of a God who rose from the dead. The enormity of a God who has a calling upon your life. And we reduce that God to like a Domino's pizza delivery thing. Where it's like, here's what I want, when I want it, I want it guaranteed, and then I'll kind of continue on with my life. We take what life can be and we make it incredibly small and incredibly ordinary because we are playing God. We are not people whose faith is built on the fact that God is our just personal little conscience to tell us when we're doing something wrong and we say thank you and move on. That what we believe is, is that we are encouraging one another to follow Jesus. That you are called into a story that is bigger than yourself. We want to become a part of what God's doing in the world. Not telling God how God can function so that we can have life in our neatly arranged way. It takes the vastness and wonder of what life is supposed to be and reduces it to this very boring, ordinary little Sense of daily routines, and faith's just a part of that daily routine. Jesus gives us an alternative here in this passage, doesn't he? When he talks about the Holy Spirit, when he talks about the fact that God is alive in the world, he says that that the advocate, the Spirit's going to come, and there's a different way of being to be called into this glorious story. He said there's two things that the advocate, the Holy Spirit is going to do. He says the first thing that the advocate is going to do is that the advocate is going to remind you of what I've taught you, Jesus says. It's going to remind you of what I've said. We follow God in everything we're doing. And so the Spirit's gonna remind us in certain moments, if Jesus addresses something, how do we make decisions? What do we do? So for instance, when we can say things in our own lives or our own heart, like, um, yeah, I just don't feel like uh, sharing of my time or of my money. Jesus is like, no, I talked about that. We need to live lives that are generous in every way. And it's not up to like public opinion as to do you feel it at the moment. This is what following God looks like. Or do I feel like forgiving somebody? who's really hurt me, which can be one of the hardest things to do. The Holy Spirit's to remind us that Jesus says uh, that that forgiveness is something that we receive and that we're called to do. It's it's not optional, not as a rule, but we want you to have freedom in your life. And freedom involves forgiving and moving forward. And having that is called into a bigger story. So there are certain decisions that you and I make every day that we are to make as followers of Jesus that the Holy Spirit, he says, is going to remind you of this is what being a Christian is like. to do and follow Jesus wherever we live work and play but the second thing and I find this really fascinating is that in this passage if you look in verse 27 Jesus says that when the advocate the Holy Spirit comes the first implication he says here is that it will also bring the presence of peace and I think that's really significant because there are certain decisions we make in life that aren't just clear right and wrong decisions, right? Like to say, I'm not going to offer forgiveness. Uh, th- th- Jesus is like, no, you need to do this. This is, this is something you're called into, but there are other decisions. In fact, I would say lots of the decisions you and I make in life where it's, it's not like Star Wars. It's not like there's a clear right and a clear wrong, a clear good and a clear bad. It's gr- it's gray area. There's nuance in it. And you and I have to figure out, like, how do I follow Jesus in these kinds of decisions that I make every day? And I find it interesting that Jesus says, where the Spirit is, you'll find the presence of peace. What would it mean in the decisions you face today and this week? If we looked at trying to follow Jesus, if we used that as a barometer, as a compass... Which decisions lead to peace, and which don't? I know in my own life that's led to some of the most important decisions I've made, and usually I'm really grateful that I follow that sense of peace. This isn't about just making like doing whatever I want. This is about after you prayed about it and talked with your small group about it and studied the scriptures. If you're still not certain, where is there peace? And maybe that's the call, maybe that's the spirit. For example, one of the places that was significantly impacted my life was my decision to ask a, a, a young woman in Wales uh, to marry me over 20 years ago. Uh, we were living in Japan at the time, and, um, and and we were dating and we were getting serious. And uh, you know, there were a lot of people, and we had questions in our own mind. It's like. Is this actually supposed to work? Like, it's one thing for us to be living in a third country and we're kind of here on this experience and we're dating and this is great, but there were a lot of reasons logically for us maybe not to get married, right? We were from. Two totally different countries. Neither has ever been to it, the other's country before. We'd grown up in very different cultures. We had uh, came from completely different socioeconomic backgrounds. And so like there were a lot of people who like, hey, I get that you guys like each other. Are you actually thinking of building your lo- life? Like there's a lot going against you. And she and I were wrestling with all that. And in the end, in the moment that we made that decision to move forward, it was because if nothing else, is we sat with it and worked at it and prayed about it and, and, and listened to all the opinions and made our pros and cons list, There was one way of which there was absolute calm, and there was the other way that had a lot of anxiety. And it was a peace that passes understanding because it was to move forward together and figure the rest out, and boy am I glad the Lord led us to do that. It was a call. Or take for example the call of our family to come to Austin, Texas over seven years ago to Covenant Presbyterian Church. I don't mean to offend any of the native Texans that are here. I genuinely don't what I was gonna I mean, what I'm about to say. But moving to Texas was not on our bucket list of life of things that we needed to do. Now that I'm here, maybe it should have been. I'm not writing that down. It wasn't that we didn't want to come here, but you know we were in Atlanta. I had grown up in Atlanta. Both of my parents were in Atlanta. We were in a great situation. We had friends there. Uh, we loved it. Beth had just gotten her doctor. It. She was uh, had a job offer to, to, to do it. And then this church came along and it was in this moment where we looked at it and we prayed about it and we talked with our small group about it. It's like this makes absolutely no logical sense that we would step into the unknown and do this. And yet as we sat with it and as we prayed about it, it actually caused us anxiety and worry to stay and to step into the unknown actually brought a sense of calm to us. And that directed our step to do this more than just about anything else at the because the Spirit was there. Or take, for example, this something that has impacted every single one of our lives. One of the most important decisions that I've been involved with at this church. As every single person here knows, 13 months ago, every one of us in our lives had to make a series of very fast decisions about how to respond to COVID 19 starting. And we had to make the decisions here at this church of how to move into an online format. And let me just tell you, we were woefully unprepared for that technologically. Like in this sanctuary, we still can't run eight tracks. And all of a sudden, we had to figure out how do you move to an online-only format. And yet it was the calmest and easiest decision we made of the dozens and dozens we had to make in a very quick time frame. And worships the heartbeat of a church worships the heartbeat of what we are if we didn't get that right we were in a lot of trouble and yet we had developed a relationship in the months leading up to COVID-19 a relationship with someone named Jonathan Kofal. Jonathan Is a videographer. He works around the country and around the world, actually. He doesn't normally work with churches, but he's a Christian. He had been to seminary. We had been connected with him in this way. We had made some videos together and some different things to start trying to experiment with how we could start using technology of any kind here at Covenant. And when COVID sat in, we had one conversation that led to Jonathan saying, I'll come do this with you for a certain amount of time. We never signed a contract. Thirteen months Jonathan Kofal, who I'm going to invite, if he can, to come up here real fast, because you all need to see. You could pass him in a grocery store, and you wouldn't know who he was. And I know him well enough to know that he may have cut the live feed before this happens. This guy, we have been asked by people, it's like, how were you strategically ready in your media department and everything else? We had nothing. God provided, and it was the clearest choice. And, brother, you have impacted thousands of lives. God has touched us through this, we're grateful. This is my point. This is my point going forward in this time you and I are going to make to have to make all kinds of decisions about how we lived our lives as proclaimers of the Holy Ghost the Holy Spirit and you and I can continue to do what my life on a moped was like which is calling God out when we need him and then telling God to go away so we can go on with our lives and our lives will be unbelievably small and ordinary Or we can step into a bigger story We can step into a story of asking God in every decision and everything that we do, how do I become a, a part of your story? How do I get swept up in what you're doing? And certain things the Spirit will remind us one and say, Jesus taught about this. It's very clear. Do this, don't do this. Step into something bigger than yourselves. Trust me, step out in faith. But there are gonna be other decisions that you and I are facing right now that can be confusing and hard and difficult. And how does God lead us in that? I submit to you that what Jesus says here is seek the presence of peace. Inner peace, a peace that passes understanding and more often than not that will be the call, a call upon you. We look forward to taking that journey together as followers of the one who is the living presence in this world today. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's pray together. Lord, we ask that you be with us, guide us, lead us through the power of your Spirit in all that we face as a community, and all that we face individually and as families in the days to come. We lift this up in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen.